0: Welcome to Wise, a podcast for women introverts, sensitives, and empaths. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, business coach, functional nutritional therapy practitioner, and former private chef. Wise is all about mindset, entrepreneurship and business, food and nutrition, spirituality, relationships, and ultimately living your purpose, all through the lens of the sensitive, introverted, and empathic woman. I know you might feel like the information out there isn't suited for you, but this is because we're powerful, strong, and deep, and we've got potential. Let's begin to let that out right now. Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Wise. As always, I am excited to bring you this episode. And I wanted to thank you all for the beautiful words that you gave me for last week's episode or the last episode that was published about what food and healing and body means to me. I also wanted to, you know, say that I appreciated the discourse if you did not agree with me, which, just a disclaimer, if this is the first episode that you're listening to, that's never my prerogative. That's never my goal. I want everyone who listens to this podcast or just my intention for everybody in the world is to be able to be a free thinker and think for themselves. I share things that obviously are from my own experience and what has worked for me as, let's say, a highly sensitive person, somebody who's dealt with anxiety And things like that. And I think that, you know, and you can say an empath sensitive, you know, literally the name of this podcast. You know, I think that so much of the advice out there, and also when it comes to eating disorder recovery, is, you know, to be gentle. And there is definitely a place for that. I think that it's necessary. And you always have to look at your intention, right? That's something that's really important is like, You know, if you didn't listen to the last episode, I was basically saying that many of the things that are good for me require a lot of discipline and they're hard. And, you know, I think that when we are in recovery, the consensus, like I was saying, is that, like, you should just not, you should just rest a lot. And I did that for a really long time. And I think that for our own selves and, you know, who we are as individuals, we always just have to filter information through our own filter, right? We just have to take it in and say, does this work for me? Does it feel good in my body? Does it feel like what type of reaction do I have when I'm hearing this thing? And also, how do I feel in my life when I'm doing these things? So that is what really came, you know, brought me to these conclusions around like, you know, not wanting to shield myself or deceive myself from information. And it also doesn't mean that like, we have to be obsessed with the information, obviously, that that, that's really problematic. I just want to be aware of it. It doesn't mean that you even need to have a scale or own a scale or track your food or anything like that. In the episode, I had said that I am a believer that like, I personally don't want to deceive myself for how much I weigh. So I'm not like surprised one day, you know, I kind of want to know a ballpark of like, where am I at? What's happening? Yes, I can feel it to a certain extent, but also I don't mind the data. And I think that because, you know, food is not something like alcohol or drugs where you can just completely eliminate it. Like we still have to eat. We still have to live in our bodies. We still have to navigate this you know, three times a day, at least. There was a quote I heard from someone that I told one of my clients uh, a couple months ago, which is that, you know, it. let's say you have an issue with drugs or alcohol, you can just like put the tiger in the cage and like never open the cage again. Like it's gone, it's done. That's, you know, abstinence, essentially when it comes to recovery. When it comes to food and body, you have to open that cage, take out the tiger and walk it, three times a day and like deal with it. And that podcast was really after years and years and years of trying things and really just paying attention to like, what is my output? (laughs) What do things actually look like for me if I treat myself this way? And for me personally, it's working hard. It's being disciplined. It's You know, doing really hard things, pushing myself, getting out of my comfort zone. Like, even though I joke that, like, I love being on the couch, it's not the best for me, especially when it comes to, like, my mental health, uh, which that'll be next week's episode. Thank you all for all of your questions around that. But I think that that is what I was paying attention to. Like, these are the outputs that feel good to me. And I want my life to be one of honesty and, with no self deception, with lots of self integrity, and not hiding anything from myself anymore, right? So today's episode was really kind of influenced by that episode, which was, which today's episode is all about, like being able to hold two feelings at once and not making things so black and white, and also like not opening yourself up to discussion and discourse. I also think that like if you truly, Like if you truly believe in your viewpoint, then you can defend it. You can talk about it. You can, you know, have discourse around it. You can say it. You can say your reasoning. You can talk about why. If you don't feel comfortable in your viewpoint, it's easy to just be like, well, don't want to talk about it. I'm just going to like cancel you, you know, so I think that now in our culture, it's, it feels like we need to pad what we are saying so this goes along with like what i was saying you know before where like i want to have all of the information i uh do not believe in canceling someone unless they like did something you know obviously horrible and atrocious like to me michael Jan- michael jackson is canceled <laughs> to me because i watched that documentary if you like michael jackson cool Me personally, after watching that HBO documentary, I was like, he is done. I won't listen to his music. Like, he is canceled in my book Um, because that was horrible what he did. Go watch the documentary if you're wondering. But in the cases where, like, in the instances where somebody is just like saying their viewpoints, you know, aside from like, again, I have to give the disclaimer around like, you know, human rights and i am very much pro-choice things like that like i'm not really my views are very extreme because they're just like on one side i don't think we should compromise human rights i don't think that you know i think that we should be pro-choice and women should have autonomy over their bodies like those are very um extreme i would guess viewpoints that i have in the sense that i'm not wavering in those right like those are all the way to one side but i think that Outside of those views, we can have a little bit of like wiggle room, or we can find the gray area, or at least understand that someone else can have a different viewpoint than us, and that is okay. I see this this past week. I got my first six years into online business, five or six years in online business. I got my first troll, like first real troll. I had to block them, but you know, these types of People, people who troll, people who, you know, call you out and they say terrible things. It's like they can't see your viewpoint and they feel so uh, insecure about their own that they have to attack everyone else that has a different opinion. Literally, I don't, it doesn't matter to me if someone has a different opinion than me. It really doesn't matter to me. Uh, I can understand it. I can be like, all right, cool. Like, well, that's your life experience. Like, I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to try to, you know, put my viewpoints on anybody else. I am sim- even with the way, even with eating, you know, like, for example, I, um, I eat animals. Like, that's just what I do. I feel best if I do that. Many people come to me and they are vegetarian. My one of my closest friends, plant-based Jax, is a vegan, a very much like die-hard vegan, even though she's like literally the best vegan (laughs) in the world, like the most non-judgmental vegan you'll ever meet. I'm not here being like, eat animals and do this, because I'm like, everyone has their own experience. And I think in this episode, I really want to talk about just being able to hold two feelings that like you might not agree with someone and You can still hold love and compassion for them i think that we have to be able to hold many viewpoints at once if we like want to be in this world and what i really don't like is how especially on social media we many of us feel like we can't say things or we feel like oh if i say this like i'm going to trigger someone and like they're not going to like me anymore which is a you know a very valid human fear we know we've talked about on this podcast how you know the two basic human fears are abandonment and inadequacy. So either you're going to leave me, abandonment, if you know, I speak my truth or whatever it is, or I'm inadequate. I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, they don't like me, whatever it is, like we feel some sort of inadequacy when it comes to those things. So it the fears are valid, but I think that if we move in this direction where we are able to voice what we think, and also do what we want in order to have the life that we want. Then things will be a lot better in society. This is again, this is this is just my viewpoint. But I talk to so many of you who tell me like I can't talk to my parents about this, or I can't talk to um, my friends about this, or I don't want to. You know, I do business coaching and many people are scared to say their real opinion and say what they want to say, which like this was also me. So petrified of saying anything. I very openly coach fat loss. Literally, that's my whole business. And I coach fat loss because, not because I'm obsessed with fat loss, But I do that because I know that I do it responsibly and I know that people are looking for it and I want them if, and I'm good at it. And if they are looking for someone to guide them through this process, I want to make sure that if they're open to it that they come to someone like me who has their best interest in mind, where it will literally sometimes tell clients like, hey, you need to stop a deficit or hey, now is not the right time. I actually <laughs> get clients sometimes who are, you know, I don't want to say they get mad at me, but they don't like that I won't put them in a fat loss phase initially, especially if they are like coming off of, you know, chronic dieting for many years. So like I do that because I know that people are going to go get it somewhere else and I want them to come to me. So many, many years ago, five years ago, I wouldn't even say those words because I'm like, what are people on social media going to think? How dare I? I'm contributing to diet culture if I even talk about this thing, even though I've been on, you know, my content and everything that I share is based off of my own weight loss, being this giant transformative thing in my life. Many people that have businesses in nutrition and strength on social media, you know, are not, um, you know, they don't have like this big dramatic story, which is totally fine. That's not a prerequisite for having a business, right? But I do. And again, neither is better or worse. It just is what it is. I have the very dramatic story and I tell it from time to time. I really don't want my struggles to be um, at the forefront. But I tell that story to inform my perspective. And many things that we see out there right now are very much like, you know, weight shot, weight loss should never be celebrated. Uh, deliberate fat loss is harmful. You know, I'm not interested. And in, I, I get that, especially like if you're coming from you know, like a lifting perspective and a strength perspective, like and you're selling lifting programs, like you will get better results if you eat at maintenance or in a surplus. Like, granted, you can get good results if you are in a deficit too. You probably won't be able to lift as intensely. You probably you know, strength cannot be the ultimate goal there, but because you don't have as much energy if you're in a deficit, like available energy to use through food. So I hear all of these things, you know, I saw this post the other day that was like blanket statement around like, if you track your food at all, it's problematic and harmful. And I'm like, "Ah, that is, that statement in in and of itself is harmful because it is robbing people the opportunity to do something that might be good for them. It might not. It might actually be problematic for some and disordered for some. And that is very, very real, but it's not for everybody. And this is when things become tricky because we make these giant blanket statements and many people who are on social media are very impressionable. They see leaders saying these different things and they see you know, people who admire saying these things and they're like, well, I'm not even going to try. I'm not even going to do anything. So all of this to say, (laughs) we're going to get into the episode in a second. I'm going to keep this one, try to, you know, try to, I'm going to try to keep it kind of short today. But if you are listening to this episode, the next round of intuitive macros, my six week signature nutrition coaching program opens on September 6th, which is a Tuesday. This episode is going to come out on Monday, September 5th. So if you're listening right now, the next round is opening tomorrow uh, our first call is going to be September 13th but this is essentially one-stop shop for nutrition and cooking basically everything that you need in order to embark on a journey in which food is not a struggle for you anymore right so we go over what I really love about the program is that we go over like emotional eating we go over the root of issues we go over you know soothing with food eating when you're not hungry, because many, and also getting you to a balanced place where you are fed, because then many of the quote unquote issues that we have around food might fall away. So I would love to have you in the program. You can go to the link in the show notes to sign up, or you can send me a DM on Instagram if you have a question around it. But when I market this program, I do talk about fat loss, right? And I think that there's a lot of fat loss in and of itself is a very black and white endeavor for people. And I want people to, in the sense that like, oh, you have to follow this food list. And if you don't, you're going to fail and you can't eat these foods. You can't eat this food group. It doesn't have to be that way. I'm always trying to move people towards the gray area because I think that that's the most balanced (laughs) place to be, you know, the place where there is nuance. Like I don't do well with overly black and white things at all. I tend to, get very obsessive. I tend to get very like tunnel vision. So it's like very much better for me to just kind of like sway and like not ever feel like I'm locked into something, you know. But there's so many themes within nutrition that have this kind of black and white perspective. For example, I am somebody who believes that in order to change, you need to accept yourself because if you don't accept yourself where you are right now and you' you are essentially desperate to change and you' were gonna you're gonna approach anything that you do with big levels of urgency and when we approach anything with urgency, we move towards extremes because the goal there isn't about sustainability. It's about I need to get this result right now because I need to be different in order to be happy. I need to be, I can't be like myself. I just need to like get a different job or get out of this relationship or lose a million pounds in order for me to, or even 10 pounds, whatever it is, in order for me to love myself. And if you accept yourself where you are, which does not mean settling, it does not mean relegating yourself to feeling a way that you don't want to feel. It just means that like, you know what, I understand that wherever I am right now is is where I am right now. I accept it. If we don't accept it, then we're essentially fighting reality and it's going to be really hard to stay on a consistent trajectory to do anything, right? So I'm a big believer that like, if you want to change, you need to accept where you currently are because then you're just like down for the ride. And usually we will be able to see, you know, different As long as we are, again, on this ride, we have to find the way that the path that is most enjoyable because then the goal is just going to come. It's not this like, I want you to think of the energy of like white knuckling and urgency and desperation. It's very frantic. It's very chaotic. Also, if you go to an extreme, it's not going to be a sustainable method, which means that once you get to your goal... First of all, you're going to realize that like, oh shit, that actually didn't make me feel better. Like I, I don't actually feel complete. I don't actually feel worthy now. It like didn't do what it was supposed to do or what I thought it would do. This is like the arrival fallacy, right? So then we puts us in a worse place where we're like, well, then fuck it. Like I'm just, you know, going to go to the other side and we go to these other extremes where we have giant overcorrections. By accepting ourselves, we are able to go slow. We're able to discover the path that's for us. You know, everybody that goes through intuitive macros or my one-on-one coaching, I am a guide, but I'm never telling people exactly what to eat. I'm never telling people how many times a day they should eat. That is the power given to you. I take principles and I teach you, but anybody who's ever coached with me before knows in any capacity, even if you're like, you know in my Instagram community or on my email list, you know that I really hesitate to tell people exactly what to do because then it's not going to come from you and you won't eventually be autonomous, right? Like it's okay to be guided in something, but I think eventually the goal for all of us should be to reach a place of autonomy where like we've got it, especially with food. Granted that you're not like, um, you know, an athlete or like a competitor or something in which perhaps you would need, you know, constant attention, but I think it's really important for us to love the journey and to accept ourselves. This is one of those examples of two feelings at once. Like I don't like where I am right now, but I can accept it. Like you can hold the two feelings. You can hold, I don't like where I am and I accept myself and I want to change. Hold all of those feelings at once. Another example is that we can acknowledge how incredibly problematic diet culture is which it's very problematic it's not stopping it's a giant industry and still want to lose weight like just because diet culture is happening doesn't mean i'm talking to the person who knows that they would perhaps feel better losing a little bit of weight and i say this because i had to do that in order to feel like myself i'm somebody who's very sensitive the experience of living in my body is very important to me. It's like literally how I experience the world, right? Literally how I physically move from place to place. It is how I exercise, how I feel when I'm working out, right? Like when I was, you know, before I lost weight, I didn't feel good. Like I didn't move as well. I didn't, I wasn't as quick, I felt tired and lethargic. That was my experience of being in my body. You can have an experience of being in your body. That was my experience. And I want you to know that whatever it is that you are feeling in your body, and if you are not feeling good, you can change that. And sometimes it's going to be a mindset change that's going to be enough, right? So this is different for everybody. I personally, did need to lose weight in order to feel like myself. And that process of weight loss informs literally everything that I do. It changed my habits. It changed my self-talk. I really think it honestly saved my life. And I am not exaggerating when I say that. I treated myself so poorly when I was overweight. And me being overweight was a symptom of the way that I treated myself and the way that I coped. And for those of us that have that, it's like a visual representation of me coping. And I say, this is tricky, right? Like this can be taken a variety of ways. And, you know, I want us to remember that each of us has our own individual experience. And I'm not telling you that you need to lose weight. I'm talking to the person who knows that they would feel better or they're not feeling like themselves right now. And they would benefit from weight loss right? Because I understand that. I know that. That trajectory, it was the hardest thing that I've ever done was permanence with uh, weight loss and really feeling like myself and my body. Hardest thing I've ever done because it requires you to hold up a mirror to yourself. And the reason, like the way that we got into this place of, you know, me being overweight I know that it's even problematic sometimes for people to hear the word overweight. I'm talking about my body. I felt like I, like the reason that I was overweight, I got overweight because I couldn't deal with my emotions. So in order for me to get to a different place in my body, I had to deal with that. I had to deal with the thing that got me into this place, which is so hard because it requires you to really look at it. It requires you to change the way that you operate in the world. It requires you to have patience. It requires you to have different actions, different disciplines, different you know, ways of talking to yourself and treating yourself and the standard that you hold for yourself, what you tolerate from yourself. I tolerated horrible things from myself for many, many, many years, and I don't anymore. And everything in my life that I have that's good my business, uh, my friendships, uh, where I live, my relationship, so many of these things were informed by who I became through the process of weight loss. So this is why I speak about it so much because I know there are people out there who relate and it doesn't have to be weight loss. It could be gaining weight. It could be maintaining weight. It could be learning to live at a higher body weight than your, than your mind wants to be. That is hard too. And that requires work, especially if there's like a past version of yourself in which you idealized and people idealized and like you were super strong or whatever it was. Like it is also hard to know that like I, or that we have a different image in our minds of how we want to present to the world and the body that we want. And then we have to deal With the grief of that not being possible for us. That is also, many people would think I'm nuts to say this, but like I was 10 ish pounds lighter when I went to grad school and I went on my intuitive eating journey, and like I wasn't getting a lot of really good nutrition (laughs) and I was stressed out. And I kind of, as I was healing, I got to a place where like I was too thin. And I also, full transparency, liked the way that I looked and I liked the praise. And at the same time, that place was not healthy for me. So I had to put on weight. I had to put on body fat in order for me to live my life and feel like myself and be healthy. That is also hard. You know, I don't really think about that anymore because I'm, I really do truly accept where I am right now. Um, and I'm very happy with Uh, just because I fully accept the reality of things. But sometimes it can take a long time to accept that reality that like, okay, the body that's actually meant for me is different than what I have in mind. And if we get a little bit deeper, it's really like the life that I'm able to live in my body at this weight, like I'm able to live the life that I want. If we wanted to live in that really small body that isn't meant for us, we'd have to like stay home. We'd have to like meticulously track our food all the time. And like, For many of us, that's not worth it. So we have to like mourn the idea of this body and not having it anymore, which also then goes, you know, the praise and all these things leaves with that. That is hard. So there's so many different scenarios and things. But I think that we can use the body and food as a vehicle for growth, as a vehicle for us to become who we're meant to be in every aspect. This is why I'm so passionate about this. And like I do, again, market fat loss and weight loss because I know that the people who need to hear my message, that is where they are right now. You know, not everybody knows that like mindset work has to be paramount. It has to be the priority. We do that, but sometimes we need to have a tangible result in the body, whether that's through strength, whether that's through weight loss, whether that's just through feeling better, body recomposition, whatever it is. We need to have that tangible change in order for our minds to change, in order for our beliefs to change. And I know that all of the change the changes that we make with our beliefs will then inform the permanence that we have in our bodies, right? Because there's not going to be like these giant overcorrections anymore. Because again, going back. We accept ourselves, we love ourselves, and we wanna change. So we know that there's oppressive systems out there. We know that, you know, fat phobia is a thing. It's a huge thing in our culture and it's terrible. We can acknowledge those things while also like accepting that they are true and alive and they're there. But in doing that, why should I have to make myself feel worse? Because those things are prevalent, right? Because that narrative says like, you know, because diet culture is happening, because fat phobia is happening and alive in our culture, we should never have an attempt to lose weight. I don't agree with that at all. And again, that's really anti-diet rhetoric. It is also still very extreme and it's also telling you what to do. Okay. So like that is where it becomes... Problematic for me. How many times am I going to say problematic in this episode? (laughs) I feel like we're going all over the place, but I really want to have these points come across and put this episode out there for you to know that, like, you can have an opinion, you can have the thoughts that you have, and only you know what those are. Only you know what you want to do, right? But the base of this is being able to hold two or multiple feelings at once, and that is hard. Because we like the binary. The binary is easier. And when I say binary, I mean like on off, black, white, you know, literally a non-binary person is somebody who does not fall as either male or female. So that's just an example of things that are, you know, non-binary. They exist on a spectrum somewhere. It is easier to have binary beliefs because it's like, all right, there we go. If you heard that snap, I was snapping. (laughs) It's like this is the thing. Okay, cool. It's like black and white. This thing is there. Once we get into the gray area, that's when we have to critically think. That's when we have to use more energy. That's when we have to create opinions and beliefs that are ours. And again, it requires more critical thinking, more introspection, more intuition to do that. It is work (laughs) to figure out what you believe. It's easier to one, take on other people's beliefs and it's also easier to just be like, well, I'm just gonna believe this thing and it is what it is. It is harder and more uncomfortable to hold all these feelings. This is why diets are also binary and black and white and why they are successful in the moment. And that's why people gravitate towards them initially, right? Because it's like, okay, here's this food list and you're only gonna eat this. And the thing is, it's easier, but it's never sustainable. It's harder to do the work of self discovery and trial and error to see like what works for us it's going to take longer but then you actually know what's right for you and that is the gray area like being able to discern that like if I ate this thing that wasn't on my food list or I went over my macros like it might be uncomfortable because it's like, oh shit, I didn't I didn't check the box today. And the discomfort there is being able to sit with yourself and not make any giant overcorrections when you've done something quote unquote bad. It's not bad. It's just feedback. Anything that we're doing at any time, we do because we find some sort of value in it. We like it. It's serving a purpose. So I think that like none of our actions are by accident. None of our behaviors are random. Like we do them all for a reason. Everything that we do is usually trying to go towards towards safety. And this is why we like the black and white thinking because it feels safe. Versus the gray feels like oh shit, it's like this big world of things and like I don't know what I'm going to think, I don't know what I'm going to do, I don't know my my approach. But the basis of living in the gray area is being able to sit with discomfort, right? Because we, it's not so like, I didn't check the box today. I already, I just said that. But like, I, it is much easier to not live in the gray area. More, it's more energy and more thinking to live there, right? This also goes along with the episode that I did around complimenting people you know, you can compliment someone for how they look and also acknowledge their amazing and inv- invisible qualities. If you compliment someone for, there are people out there that never want to hear that. And let's say you say something to someone, that other person also has the power to say, hey, I don't want to, I prefer if you wouldn't comment on my body. Cool, done. You know, this is why I think it's important for us to be able to have these conversations. So another example is that you can track your food and know it's not disordered for you and also know that it's disordered for some. Lots of feelings there. You can want to eat more and also know that you've had enough food. So like, for example, if I eat sugar or an ice cream or whatever, there's like this pastry shop here that I love. It's a gluten-free pastry shop here in the South Bay called Karari West. It's amazing. And when I go there, I literally want to eat everything. Like it's so delicious. It's amazing. It's starchy. It's sweet. It's sugary. I could eat a ton of that stuff. You all know how I kind of really listen to my body. And that's like a really, really important thing to me where I like really never overeat, um, which was not my reality before. But like when I go there and I'm eating, I reach a point where like I'm good. I know that eating more would not behoove me in that moment. So I can hold the feeling of wanting to eat more and also know that I shouldn't eat more, right? Uncomfortable. (laughs) Initially, when you begin to do this work, it's about holding these uncomfortable feelings and kind of being like suspended in the air versus being grounded into place. Eventually, you begin to feel grounded in the discomfort But it's important to be able to do that, you know, so you can, another thing that is important talking about business is like, you can acknowledge that capitalism exists and still want to make a lot of money. That's okay. Like if you have the desire to make a lot of money, which I do, I want to be able to have these resources. And I know that I What matters more to me is the impact. I know that the more people I reach and the more lives I'm able to impact, the more money I will make, the more value that I bring, which is why like I and that is what I put first, my impact and my message uh, spreads. And because of that, I'm able to make a living, which like we all need to do. Right. So I think I don't think that it's greedy to want that. I don't think that it's like, oh, we're giving into a capitalistic society Or capitalist society like the society is capitalist and we can acknowledge that that is problematic and also still want to make money you know another thing is that was big for me this past few weeks is like loving where I live I really do love living in California and I really miss living in Miami those are two very opposing uncomfortable feelings it is very hard for me to be away from my family, especially now that like things are very good with my parents. You know, it is very hard. It, it actually hurts <laughs> sometimes to be away from them. And I know that many of you can probably relate to that, especially if you live away from your family. Like I live really far. Thankfully, it's um, only a four or five hour flight. When I lived in Portland, it was like a 12 hour journey because there was no direct flights from Portland to Miami. But it, it is very, I have to live with that living here, which again, I love living here, uh, but I have to kind of deal with that constant, like something is missing in the fact that like my, honestly, my closest people in my life um, in terms of like my friends and my family, obviously, like I have many close friends here and my partner Shantae is here, um, which You know, I've always wanted to live in California, but I moved to California to, um, you know, be in a relationship with Shantae and continue our relationship. Uh, But again, still always wanting to live here. But I do live here with the feeling that like something's missing. Like I, again, it's not like a constant thing, but this is something that is just a feeling that I have that like, man, my like a big chunk of my people are not here and then when i'm home i feel the same thing over there right like oh my my people are not like all oh, my people are not here right so you might be feeling that too so you know lastly the last thing i'll say is that you can have a different opinion from someone and still talk to them i think it's so easy for us to again i think social media is just like a microcosm of so many opinions and the ability to see what people are thinking at all times and what they're doing. It's just so easy to be like unfollow and whatever it is, which like also if you need to unfollow somebody, unfollow them. But like, you know what that feels like. There's many people that I unfollow and mute and I actually don't follow that many people on social media. Um, but I think that it's important for us to be able to to know that we can hold our viewpoints And also listen to someone else who has a different viewpoint. So like when I talk about anti-diet things, like I don't have any sort of animosity towards any of that. I'm just saying that like I'm literally in conversation every day with people who are affected by these narratives and it's not good for them. So in that case, like I will recognize like and also encourage them to like, hey, have your own opinion. You know what to do with your body. And this also has to do with like, patriarchy the fact that like women are not encouraged to have their own opinions and speak their own opinions right so it's just important again to acknowledge all of these things and to know that what really matters is to obviously have solid viewpoints and know where you stand and know why you stand there and then also accept other people's viewpoints in the sense that like they believe it for a reason. And also nobody ever really changes by convincing or force. Like I never want to convince anyone. I am very much like, you know, like understanding that everybody's on their own journey and that things take as long as they take. And like, there's nothing wrong with that in terms of like timelines or anything. So (sighs) A lot to say in this episode, but I think that this is just an important foundation for the way that we interact with others, the way that we interact with the world, and most importantly, doing what it is that we need to do for us and our lives. You know, I've made so many, let's say, controversial decisions in my life, uh, non-traditional decisions, uh, decisions in which I honored myself above everybody else and chose to disappoint others rather than disappoint myself. And that was really hard. But I did it because I don't know any other way. And I know that I don't want to live in like, you know, deception or lying to myself. Like these are very important values. So I want us to be able to take these things and take the things that we hear and listen to and then put them through our own filter and say, is this for me? Does this feel right? That's it, right? So this is my way of encouraging you to, you know, I think also like sometimes we might not know what we want because we've never been asked. We've never even said it because we have always gone along by other people's standards and other people's uh, desires. That's very real. And if you are there right now, I also encourage you to perhaps just get curious what do you like? What lights you up? What makes you feel good? What makes you feel bad? Like, you know what it feels like in your body when something feels good and when something feels bad. This is also a person. When you're in someone's energy who is like, oh, like you can tell. When you're in someone's energy who is for you, your nervous system relaxes. Use that as a tool. Where am I dysregulated? Where am I calm? Where am I happy? Where do I feel at home? I was listening to this man (laughs) I forgot his name but his whole shtick is this thing called gremlin training and he was saying that and I this resonated so much with me you can google that I will try to put something in the show notes Um, but he was saying that um, our highest priority should be feeling balanced and peaceful and calm and that is my highest priority. And this is also why I work very hard. or I have worked very hard to not be overly surprised or overly triggered or anything that is going to disrupt my peace. Like I don't give in to those things. And most of the time, like <laughs> we all have our moments, right? Like I don't want to, I don't want you to think that like I'm saying that I'm perfect. Absolutely not. But I would rather know the truth and be honest with things that way, like, I can feel calm because I have been honest with myself. And for me personally, like, I don't feel good with self-deception. Like, that feels really terrible to me. So those are the things that I encourage you to do. Encourage you to speak your voice, have your opinion, hold many Feelings at once, and to know that whatever it is that you're feeling and whatever it is that you want for yourself, only you know. And at this, and on top of that, only you can take the action in order to make that happen. Sometimes we just have to take the action before we are ready, because our brains don't catch up. I will likely do another episode soon on fear and uh, imposter syndrome and all of these things, because I think that so many of us don't do things because of fear and because our brains talk us out of it and because it's like, oh, I don't, it's not worth it or whatever else. And there is so much opportunity to grow and to get what you want in life. And I am specifically, specifically, specifically speaking to that sensitive woman, that woman who is me, uh, highly sensitive, introverted, even though the Sixteen Personalities test says I'm an extrovert. <laughs> I am an extrovert introvert. I will die on that hill. Um, but you know, for us who are empathic and are very sensory, like the senses, you know, can dysregulate us. For those of us, sometimes it is harder to do these things and to say these things and to act on these things or to change our lives in any way because we tend to be people pleasers. And I want you to know that you can take the actions that you need to. And if you want to take a big, if you want to make a big change, that starts with just little tiny action steps over and over and over. So I'm sending you a lot of love. I am so grateful that you listen to this podcast. Thank you so much for reaching out, telling me that this podcast has influenced you in a good way. Um, or it's made you think or whatever, or that you like hearing my voice, all of it truly means the world to me. And I know that, you know, everyone's time is finite and attention is very limited. And I'm just always honored to know that you would give me a little bit of your attention to listen to this podcast and everything else that I share. So sending you lots of love. Hope you have a great rest of your week and we will talk on the next one. Thank you so much for listening to WISE. If you want to get in touch with me, or if you want to submit a question to be answered on this podcast, please send me a DM and follow me on Instagram at Ashley K Pardo. I love hearing from you. My DMs are always open. And as always, if you enjoyed the show, please share it with somebody that you love and leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes.